You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. We've been promising that we're going to check in with Todd Nettleton. Todd is here with us this morning. We are going to be talking about Voice of the Martyrs. I encourage you tune in to Voice of the Martyrs Radio here on Moody Radio, Indiana, every Sunday evening at 8.30. We're going to get into who's going to be on this weekend in just a little bit. But good morning to you, Todd. Thanks for joining us. It is my pleasure. Good morning. Well, I was looking through the list, and I saw words like Turkey, Cuba, Africa, virtual events. We got a lot to get through. So let's just jump on in. Two Sundays ago, there were... And there was an attack in a church in Turkey, and now that's kind of raising some concerns for Christians there. Yeah, it certainly is. So two Sundays ago, two men in masks with guns walked into a Catholic church in Istanbul, in the in the capital, the main city of Turkey, not the capital, but the main city in Turkey. They opened fire, apparently first firing sort of up in the air, and then they shot and killed a man. Now... There's kind of two stories here. Well, one story is after that, their guns jammed, and so they left because they couldn't shoot anybody else. But the man who was killed was actually born into a Muslim family but had been attending this church for several weeks. Um, there is some thought, was was he specifically targeted as a Muslim attending a Christian church? Uh, was he considered an apostate? Is that why he was singled out and was shot first? We don't know all the answers to that, but certainly Christians in Turkey are like, wait a minute, uh, if men with guns are walking into churches and shooting people, should we go to church this week? Should we gather together with other believers this week? How dangerous is that? The other thing about this attack, the the credit for the attack, if, if you can use that word credit, was claimed by ISIS Turkey province, which is a kind of new thing that we've never had an attack before that that they said it was ISIS Turkey province. So there is also some concern is, is this a branch of ISIS that is now gearing up for more violence, for more attacks? Uh, Christians in Turkey are concerned about that as well. Well, you know, when we see these things, it's very troubling. And of course, this could be a single incident, just as you said, was this individual targeted uh, as being a converted Muslim? Or is this the leading edge of something more to come? And so we're going to talk about how we can educate ourselves about that in just a couple of minutes uh, when we talk about an event that's coming up. But you had met with a Cuban pastor, and you were sh- he was sharing amazing stories about how God is working in Cuba. Share with us a little bit about what is going on in this very veiled to us here in America um, country. Yeah, and and one that's not very far from us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's ninety miles off the coast of Florida. Uh, I asked him first. That, you know, I said, you know, Fidel Castro died. Raul Castro, his brother, took over. Now he has left the power and passed it on to another person. Has that changed anything for the church? Has it gotten better? And he said, no, unfortunately, he thinks it's gotten worse. Like like the new president is actually more enforcing the law. He is more opposed to the church and to Christianity. But Christians in Cuba haven't stopped. In fact, he showed pictures of an event recently where more than 10,000 believers gathered in literally in a field, in an open field, 
the government won't allow Christians to build churches. They won't allow them to repair churches that have already been built but need repaired. They won't allow pastors to buy larger houses where they could gather Christians in their homes. And so they are literally taking to the streets. They are taking to the open fields and saying, okay, if we can't have a church building, we're going to meet here. And so 10,000-plus Christians out in an open field. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs actually provided Bibles for them to hand out at that event. So those Christians went home with their own copy of God's Word, which is uh, something that would be very difficult for them to get outside of someone providing that. Here's the, the bad side of that story. So he said every pastor that was involved with that event has since faced pressure. They've been interrogated. They've been dragged into the police station. They've been threatened. So every pastor involved has has paid a price for that. But what this pastor said, he said, we know that's how it is. Yes, we're going to do ministry, and yes, it's going to cost us, but we're willing to pay that price. So we're not stopping. We're not slowing down. We're willing to pay the price for this ministry. Man, that is troubling. Like you said, they were able to gain access to this walk away with a copy of God's Word, but that following the event. So they weren't disturbed during the event. It was after now that they're being harassed, that they're being it, harangued. It's That is just, I mean, that's insidiousness. It, it is. And one of the things, and this to me, this is really heartbreaking. One of the things that happens to pressure pastors is pressure is brought to bear on their children. And so a pastor's son or daughter could be at the top of the class all through school from kindergarten to 12th grade. You're at the top of the class, but then on graduation day, you don't get a diploma. Why not? Your dad's a pastor. Your dad's not cooperating with the revolution. You don't deserve a diploma. Mm. And so you think about as, a, as the child of a pastor and as a pastor watching your child go through that and you see, oh, they've worked so hard. They've done everything right. They've done all the assignments. They don't get a diploma. Uh, that's just one of the ways. And like I say, to, as, as a dad, that kind of breaks my heart. Like how, how do you go, how do you tell your child? Yes, I know you did all the work. I know you did all the assignments. I'm so sorry because I'm a pastor. You're not allowed to have a diploma. You're not allowed to graduate. You're not allowed to go on to this new, more schooling or better schooling. And I just think, you know, what kind of heart pressure does that put on a pastor to say, okay, fine, I won't be a pastor anymore. I don't want to cut off my children from all these opportunities. Yeah. Uh, so pray. We talked about this in, in our conversation. Don't don't just pray for the pastors. Pray for their children. Pray for their wives. And just pray for uh, the family unit of these pastors because the whole family faces a price for serving the Lord. And that is, you know, part of the sacrifice of serving the Lord, and He has called us to that, and we know that uh, we are blessed when we are persecuted, but we don't obviously wish that upon anyone because this is just painful for them. Um, it's it's different, you know, when you're psychologically uh, doing harm to an entire family. Uh, it's just, again, it's insidious. Yeah, insidious is a good word. Oh, man. Well, I wanted to, uh, I already pointed folks over to VOM Radio, but I wanted to find out what's going on because last week was kind of a montage about caring for uh, trauma of persecuted Christians. But what's going on in Africa? How are we caring for trauma-inflicted Christians in Africa? 
Yeah, I really want to encourage listeners. Last week, we started a conversation with Brother Philip. He is a field minister for Voice of the Martyrs in Africa. We're going to finish that conversation on Sunday night. So I want to encourage you to listen into that. He has a wealth of experience and training. He actually was trained in uh, in the prison system here in the U.S., working with inmates to overcome their trauma. He's gone to school. He's working on a Ph.D., and he has brought all of that training, all of that experience to serve at Voice of the Martyrs among persecuted Christians in Africa. And so what he is doing, so the, the trauma is is such an amazing thing to me as he shared about what it does to us and how it affects our lives going forward. One of the things he said, and I think I'll always remember it is he said, if, if you are traumatized and you don't deal with it, you don't process that trauma, it's always like it happened yesterday. Mm. And so you never get to, it happened six months ago. It happened a year ago. It's always like it happened just yesterday. And how do you get past that? How do you work past that? One of the things that he is doing and Voice of the Martyrs is doing in Africa is we are training pastors to help members of their congregation get past the trauma. And one of my favorite stories about this, there was a lady whose village was attacked by radical Muslim terrorists. Uh, She was affected. She was assaulted in the course of this attack to the point that the trauma took her to the point where she could no longer speak. She lost her ability to speak. And she worked with Brother Phillips. She worked with some of those that that are his coworkers and people he's trained. And oh, two years later, she regained her voice. She regained that ability to speak. Today, she is not only speaking, she is using her voice to lead the prayer ministry in her church. And so just one success story of how we help persecuted Christians and uh, and process that trauma, understand that God is still God. God is still on the throne. God still loves you, even though this terrible thing has happened to you, uh, and literally regaining a voice uh, to to lead others in prayer. That is a remarkable story. You know, when you talked about that, that trauma is as though something has just happened. You relive that in your mind, and it has an effect on our physiology, It is terrible, and care for trauma victims, uh, especially the type of trauma that they witness, is in particular just so vitally, vitally important. And so thank the Lord for the work that uh, is being done there and those who are doing that work. Now, I want to talk about something very special, because when I saw this uh, and I found out about the event, it was kind of like, I I thought about this, do you remember the owl and the Tootsie Pop commercials, right? How many licks does it take to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop? Well, we finally come now to the Chocolatey Center, because we're going to pay attention to what Todd's going to say about this incredible event that is so important for not only you as an individual, but share this with your pastor, share this with your church staff, because you may want to host this particular event. It's not too far off, about uh, 28 days away, and it's important. So, Todd, we're at the we're at the Chewy Center now. Here we are, the IMN virtual <laughs> event. Tell us about this. I don't know that I've ever been compared to a Tizzy Roll before, but thank you. (laughs) I think that's a compliment. Oh, it is. Yes. The I Am In virtual event coming up, like you say, literally four weeks from today. It's a Friday evening, March the 8th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We are, we've done these virtual events the past couple of years. 
This year we have three speakers who have experienced radical Islam. So Heather Mercer was imprisoned by the Taliban in Afghanistan. Hassan Abdurrahim was arrested and imprisoned in Sudan alongside my coworker Peter Yasek. Uh, John Samara leads a team of pastors and church planters in the Middle East and North Africa, planting churches in places like Syria, like Libya, some of those very difficult places. And then we will have worship with Stephen Curtis Chapman. So we'll have great music. We will hear from these inspiring testimonies of people who are on the front lines, have have seen up close and personal what it looks like uh, to face radical Islam. But they've also experienced that even in the midst of that, God is faithful and God opens doors for ministry and God sustains and supports the event is free. You can watch it with your family, but I would encourage you, get together with your Bible study group. Get together with your whole church congregation. Host it at your church and hear these testimonies of amazing faith. You can find out all the information. You can register at persecution.com. So there's a big banner there. Uh, it is free. Uh, just click on that and register and be a part of this event. It's going to be pretty special. Well, you are going to go to I am an event. That's I am an event.com. That's where you're going to go. And again, write that down, pass it on to your church staff, whoever that might be that you need to get in touch with or directly to your pastor. Tell them about this event and why it is so important. Go to imnevent.com and get registered. If not your entire church, you and your family, as Todd said, uh, this is just really, really important, this message. And to hear these firsthand testimonies really does make it truly, truly real to us of what is happening. And so thank you, Todd, for, uh, you know, partnering and doing this uh, with, you know, not only uh, you as Voice of the Martyrs, but with the IMN movement. This is uh, so important. It is important. And uh, I, I'll just tell people, I'll, you will be inspired. As you hear these stories, you will be inspired. So I would just encourage every single person, make sure you're a part of this event. Yeah. Well, Todd Nettleton, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. Another great installment. I hate having to talk about these things, but we know that it is necessary, and it is persecution that causes God's Word to spread, and it is the testimony of those who have endured that persecution uh, and their glory, some who have gone to be martyred, and the storytelling that you provide in all of that that is so, so important to us as individual Christ followers. Man, thank you. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. I, I love our Fridays together. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Hey, I know you're going to be traveling to, uh, you're going to be traveling to NRB. Couple weeks. That's right. That's uh, for those who don't know. It's the National Religious Broadcasters event. Happens once a year. And Todd, you're going to be down there. I'm sure meeting with all sorts of other outlets and uh, you know really trying to uh, promote the work of Voice of the Martyrs. And so I hope you represent them well. And I wish you good luck in all of your uh, encounters down there. Well, thank you very much. I uh, I always look forward to it, and uh, it should be a it should be a good time. All right. Hey. I'm going to be coming back in just a couple of minutes. Join me and stick with me. we got more to come on Mornings with Kelly and Steve. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio. From the word to life.